Previously on 94 Chill, the podcast. He's nine years old. His name is Thomas. He's a little genius. He believes in Father Christmas. His two favorite pastimes? Computers and superheroes. December 24th, midnight. Hidden under the dining room table, Thomas waits for Father Christmas. But what he does not know is that he is about to experience the most frightening night in his entire life. He finally met his match. Wanted Mr. Xmas. All right, well... New Year, and uh, well, so far, same guests, but nothing wrong with that. This is 90 for Chill, the podcast, and this week, uh, Gregory Carl is a uh, gracious once again with his presence, and uh, actually, I think I saw today, it was your uh, little one's first birthday, correct? Yep, it's her birthday today, party Sunday, her birthday's today. All right, yeah, that little kids who do it on the weekend, so and and not like at one, you're really gonna be that amped about the no, first... it's mostly for us surviving, <laughs> right? Right, so but uh, you know, bringing up children, do you think she's gonna have that uh, genius level IQ as little Tomas in Deadly Games from 1989? God, I hope so. That kid is awesome. Well, I'm going to go. Well, when you uh, describe the movie, because there's another movie from 82 called Deadly Games as well. Um, I presume this was going to be it. And you brought it up in December and it's like, oh, we've already done all the Christmas stuff. But um, you brought up the mullet and I'm thinking extensions on that kid. I'm just. It, it it was just too too long, man. <laughs> yeah, it was a little too perfect. Right. Well, I it, mean, it came from a rich family, though. I mean, that he could have afforded. I don't know. Well, he seemed kind of a you know kind of a shut in in a little bit. I mean, yeah, he had his fat little friend, uh, Palu, I believe was his name. Which uh, I don't know. Would you trade the dog for Palu? Oh, I don't know. That dog was pretty dope. He put up with a lot. He was literally hunting him at the beginning of the movie. Right. Oh, no, no. The dog was very awesome. I mean, this is a, you know, I think my uh, uh, something I noticed about this movie was a lot of tonal shifts, like uh, in a sense that it just wanted to um, just shock you and it's really not that violent a movie all things considered i mean it, is it a horror movie definitely it's and i've been watching a lot of home invasion stuff recently uh recently watched your next and uh, i'm supposed to record again this week with uh michael dubois about uh ready or not so oh that was a good one. i watched that with my girlfriend a few months ago yeah no it's a good one I, but As I say, a lot of tonal shifts. I was expecting more tongue in cheek, and um, and this is kind of this one kind of um, really doesn't know what kind of tone it takes until about uh, 
I mean, you could say, well, the second act, but it's a pretty long first act. I mean, you're going 30 minutes be, and it's a 90 minute movie. So, um, so yeah, the uh, total shifts and sorry for the spoiler about uh, the Chien uh, named JR. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um, it almost... I don't know, like other Christmas, um, I don't want to say horror movies per se, but it's kind of got a Gremlins type feel. Like everything's kind of soft and then you know, like welcome. Like there's no way this is this is dumb. I mean, as I say, it's a relatively bloodless movie. Um, but yeah, there's no way you could... No way you want your kids to see that. And I think that's pretty much the reason why uh, the director, let me get his name. I had that in my notes. No, don't need all the tweets I'm trying to make cool. All right. Uh, Director Rene Manza um, was really upset about Home Alone uh, coming out a year later and basically said he um, that Chris Columbus and John Hughes plagiarized uh, Deadly Games, or otherwise known as uh, Hide and Freak, was another one. Um, Game Over, uh, Dial Code Santa Claus, I believe would be the official name, and uh, the definitely the French name, uh, three three six one five Code Père Noël. I didn't take French in high school; I was Spanish, and college was devoted to Mandarin, so. Party in uh, the Santa Claus one makes me laugh though. I love alternate movie titles. Uh, just I don't know. Alternate movie titles always kind of make me laugh. There's always those odd ones. Yeah, yeah. There's a. I don't know. I don't. I guess I haven't delved too deep. I mean, there's there's definitely. I mean, probably the most significant would be uh, the Hatchet Murders, which was the. Uh, original title of the cut down version of Dario Argento's I believe it's Profunda Rosa or Deep Red <laughs> so yeah I that one I think I heard a blood sport was called like Black Tiger or something like that in Germany I might be wrong about that no no that one's it, it's I wouldn't it's definitely got definitely a different name in Germany and I, I, I can at least acknowledge that. Um, like my favorite, my favorite German n- name change is actually the WWE uh, annual pay-per-view, the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, they just call that, and I think that WWE should never called the uh, pay-per-view the Elimination Chamber because that's just the match. But um, it was originally No Way Out, which was what of course the elimination chamber kind of um means you know six men 10 tons of steel elimination match um but in germany they stuck with no way out because you know they don't really want to talk about elimination chambers you know from say 1937 to 1945 yeah, I kind of prefer No Way Out anyway. I mean, Elimination Chamber sounds very American Gladiators. 
Oh yeah, no WWE is just basically. I think they're they're up on they're going to be sold by the end of 2022. I hope so. I haven't really been keeping up on anything like that. Well, I'm sure you've heard all the release stories, though. I mean, they're uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they've released everyone that I like, so I don't really yeah. care anymore. Now I'm just kind of silently watching AEW, waiting for people that I like to pop up. Right, right, yep. Uh, I mean, the big one right now is Johnny Gargano because their AEW will be in Cleveland in two weeks. Then that's the same week of the Royal Rumble, so he'll show up somewhere. Yeah, I always kind of liked back in the day when they kind of when he would. They would try to like give him a push. They would make him a face, but he he would win a championship. Then he would just turn around and just lose it again. Right. I like that era of Johnny Gargano because I thought it was kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, I like Keith Lee. I'm waiting for Keith Lee to pop up somewhere. Right. Well, and then of course you got the drama right now after the big swole release, which. You know, okay, I'm an AEW shill. I'm not going to question that. I'm not going to deny that. And uh, everybody's saying Tony Khan saying Big Swole couldn't wrestle. And it's like, well, she was quite the wrestling talent when she was available, but, you know, she has Crohn's disease. And like, you can't invest in a story with her just because you don't know when she's going to be available. She's great for the indies. I hope she, I hope. Dave Prezak pays her a lot of money for any every every Shimmer event she does. Hell, I'd put the Shimmer Championship on her. I was at Shimmer number one, so I mean, and I trained with Danny Daniels, so I was at. I had to actually work on a lot of those shows just uh, backstage. So, but um, yeah, so but that's gonna be interesting with the Keith Lee stuff. But if you can control Leo Rush, uh, Rush's mouth. I think you're doing all right. So it's, um, but yeah, um, yeah, AEW, that's definitely my thing. I still got to watch last night's show. A uh, lot of drama in my life after losing my uh, banking job, but um, everything, yeah. everything should work out. I'm pretty, uh, it's just, just more like everything looks like it'll work out. And it's like, yeah, but come on, the other shoe sometime. But, uh, I will say Best Buy is treating me well, and uh, I have not spoken bad of them yet. And that's and we'll we'll have to shut up there because I didn't even net mention the bank I worked at, and I got fired for it, talking talking about it online. So, yeah, that's a uh, yeah. So, um, yep. So, but um. Yeah, uh, obviously this is about uh, Dudley Games, which, as I say, is quite an experience of a feature. And I think, if anything, uh, it really, we should have seen this a lot earlier. I think it was only available on bootleg until Shudder came around. I mean, I think they, yeah. de- I think they debuted it in 2014 in Austin. But um, yeah, otherwise it was bootleg VHSs. Yeah, that's uh, partly what I heard too. I heard about this movie in a podcast and what you talked about uh, about Home Alone and whatnot. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. I have Shudder. Let's check this movie out. Hey, Dante, you want to watch a movie about a rad kid? Oh, no, I don't like if you got a smart enough kid, this is uh, I don't think there's any problems with showing your kid kid it. Um, 
as I say, it's kind of, for me, has a lot of Gremlins vibes when it comes to the Christmas holiday, which I think is part of its charm. Um, and there's a lot of elements of it. If you're familiar with um, the directing duo, uh, Jeunet and Coro, uh, Caro, I don't know. Again, my French is shite. I'm not, or, I haven't seen a whole lot of French movies. Uh, well, um, they're they're a directing team. They were a directing team up until I think 1996, 97, uh, when uh, I think it's Jean Pierre Junet. I will. I got my computer ready, so I will uh, correct myself accordingly. Um, but Jean Pierre Junet uh, was invited to direct um, Alien Resurrection. And he did direct the feature. And if you uh, watch the DVD or the special edition Blu-ray, I mean, there's so many things I own on digital because I wanted it in HD. Uh, Alien Resurrection. Resurrection is the one with the dogs, right? I'm sorry? Resurrection is the one with the dogs, right? No, Resurrection is the one with the um, Ripley clone. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that one so much. I just watched all those alien movies a few months ago, actually. Yeah, I so, Resurrection. Maybe I uh, missed that. All right, so Alien is Alien. Aliens is Aliens, obviously. Uh, alien 3 is when the alien comes out of a dog. Yeah. Uh, which, actually, oh, okay. if you if you watch the, I think what they call the um, reconstructed cut, because uh, David Fincher, the director, you know, obviously went on to do Fight Club um, 7, um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo remake, which is fine on its own. I mean, I, I'm probably going to always prefer the Swedish version, but I, I, I digress. I mean, it's a it's a fine it's a it's a nice different take on it. Um, and um I think probably Zodiac is what everybody says is Fincher's best. I've never seen it. Um, but I had a, a, I've tried to avoid Jake Gyllenhaal. So, um, yeah. um, I mean, honestly, he's probably an all right actor, but, uh, all right. So, um, think of a good movie he's been in. Well, I'm not saying he was bad in Donnie Darko. Uh, Oksha was nice. Um, the Korean movie by... Uh, he was in that, wasn't he? I haven't seen yeah. that for a while. That was a good flick. Okay, just finally found out. Yeah, Jean-Pierre Genet uh, directed Alien Resurrection. Now, um, but the movies he did beforehand, and I really only know two of them, So, and I think there were only two of them. He directed with... Uh, a partner um again i know his last name is caro um were city of lost children and uh delicatessen now these are just like uh these are just beautiful looking movies and they're really twisted uh especially um I definitely recommend city of lost children i that's actually kind of how i knew uh his collaborator was uh mark Corot, but um city of lost children definitely one i would watch it's french obviously but ron perlman is actually in it so but that one's about a um about a real cruel world where 
a mad scientist is incapable of dreaming, hence he can't sleep. So he's trying to steal the dreams of little children. (laughs) And it just doesn't seem to work out because kids are kids and they're scared of stuff. And like that just amplifies his fears. A lot of weird stuff in it. Um, I mean, it's such an impactful film. My best friend, she named her um, daughter after the main character, which is a 11 year old girl. I'm going to say whose name is Miette. Um, So, I mean, it's a real impactful movie. And it's like when I'm watching alien resurrection, it's like, no, I saw alien resurrection first. And then one night we're all drunk. She's uh, trying to, um, we're, we invited some guy, uh, some of her college friends, and uh, a real weird night. I'm just gonna say that. And never drink you, never just just skip drinking uh, UV blue vodka. Period. Never works out. Oh, yeah, awful. No, terrible. So, uh, but I'm watching City of Lost Children. And I'm like, damn, this looks very familiar to Alien Resurrection. So, um. Yeah, so just a lot of brilliant direction. Alien Resurrection is brilliantly directed. And um, uh, if you get the special edition DVD, uh, Junot says beforehand, okay, what you're going to watch is a extended cut because the film I released to Thetas was, he's not that French, but was was what I thought was the best cut. So, um, but yeah. Um, I really all the alien movies definitely deserve a rewatch. Um, sorry that they can't qualify for 90 for chill. I'm working on figuring loopholes out. Uh, I recently posted on my Twitter and my Facebook. Hey, uh, last star, the last Starfighter, it can qualify because you don't uh, doesn't like that movie. Yes. Oh, I loved it too. Um, and then I, the most recent time I watched it, I never realized how heavy the computer generated graphics were. And I'd still say PlayStation 2 level by that point. Um, and that's 1984. So, and it's weird. I was at recently at Disney World and I'm waiting on this ride called Soaring, which is a, just um, a simulator, but it's like you're flying throughout the world, but, you know, no, as, as close as you can to actually not feeling like you're in a plane. Um but like the uh, music in the waiting room, which is ironic because it's a a universal movie, is um, the soundtrack to the Last Starfighter. So, oh, shit. yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. The ride could have been better if we would have uh, let Patrick Ward Burton, he's the host, be a little more Patrick Ward Burton. But um, but uh, so yeah, bringing up my uh caro and Janae concept with this oh like there are a lot of brilliant shots in um um deadly games especially of the house the model work they did that can't be a real house what a crazy house that is well oh that's i mean let's not even get into the interiors where the point where god no you're right that can't be real yeah (laughs) But you were talking about the early, like, computer-generated stuff earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, that, this movie does have a little bit of... One of my favorite things 
as like the early glimpses of technology. Oh well, I'm watching I'm watching him set up the cameras right now. Uh, yeah, the, the early internet. How he talks to hey, you're Santa. Yes, yes, and I think we'll we'll eventually we got to transition to that again with while well, I say like this is a movie we should have got like in 1990. Like I I mean I think 20th Century Fox probably would have been wise to spend a lot of money to keep this out of the country for home alone because this is very much the reality of a situation compared to the slapstick nature of home alone (laughs) um but yeah the technology the traps and everything i mean this kid is dangerous (laughs) Like, which I think I'm kind of disappointed that he wasn't a little more confident. Like, uh, when you create a your own home security, you can, you know, I, I guess it's a, you know, I, I would just, I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed. The kid could have been a little tougher, I think. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't <laughs> He practically dove on a live grenade. He needs to be tougher. He was eight. This is a badass eight-year-old. He was ten because that was a line in that was a that was a line in the movie because it, it which is kind of pivotal. It's a pivotal line because um the mother is talking to her accountant who she's shagging. Full blown mechanic. <laughs> oh no, that okay. Look, hey. Every is like I got a kid at Best Buy who's talking about uh driving to South Carolina for a boxing match, and I was telling him of the good old days, the days probably before he was born when I was doing tough man contests. Like, if you remember that on FX, the just three one minute mounds guys just throwing hay. Um, I told him, like, and he's you know, he's like, what combo am I going to use? Dude, you're going to, if you, if you go into the first round, you're going to get concussed. Are you ready to accept that? So it's just trying to talk the, like a lot of people don't know how they're tough. They, and I, I, and honestly, like, um, it's kind of like, he kind of gets toughened up after he buries the dog and everything. Sorry, the dog dies which I say is great cinema. I've done a podcast about that. Like, Oh yeah. That takes a, that takes some balls. Like even Michael Myers didn't kill the dog on camera. Right. Yeah. Oh no, that's, that's direct. I mean, that's that I'm not even John wick. You see the, you know, shut that dog up and you hear a punch and you hear a, I mean, the cruel thing about the dog and John wick is that it crawled days, little days. He crawled to John wick to die. Like, I mean, uh, it is just one of those things that we just don't stand for in the West. Like, we will not stand for any dog being killed for any reason. Like, right? We don't no, and this is that's the sole reason it's probably an R. It would have probably gotten an R rating in the states. Like, um, like the kid doesn't like our our protagonist. The grandpa doesn't get it, and it's like if you can't kill an old man, who can you kill? <laughs> i know right like and and that raises another question like how how irresponsible is his mother just leaving like hey just stay in this big crazy house with your bedridden grandpa 
can uh, baby you. His his dad wasn't his grandfather wasn't bedridden, but I mean, we're talking full blown diabetes, insulin stuff. Um, but um, and his vision was total shit. Um, oh, was damn near blind. I forgot about that. Yeah, but um, going back to the age and the toughness element, the uh, mother says to her accountant, whom she's shagging and is trying to hide from his son, her son which isn't really well addressed. Like I know the son is a little scared of his, um, his ancestry with his father and grandfather being toy makers and such. Um, I forgot about that whole thing. It's actually been a little bit since I watched it. Oh yeah. No, you brought it up. I mean, you probably, as I say, you brought it up pretty well, much. I did. I, think. I did bring well, it up. Okay. Well, close to after Christmas or so. You know, yeah, like, I, I, I was drinking heavily. I was on vacation. I just got done watching it with Dante. And yeah, uh, the only person I could think of that would possibly appreciate this movie. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, and it's a, I don't know. As I say, it's one of those movies like this is, um, I really, I'm not saying it's a, f- like, okay, I get on Letterbox. I'm, I'm on Letterbox. The, username is cm darth if you're gonna look for me c-m-d-a-r-t-h i am drinking out of my uh oga's cantina from galaxy edge's uh mug uh celebrating the victory on endor uh (laughs) yeah well no this is it's actually um like the a real if you're at disney world or if you just want to search for a real awesome beverage it takes a hell of a lot of time to make because it involves puree and black salt is the yum nub really yeah it's just like i i couldn't tell you like i really uh, there was a youtube video that popped up from like my feed it's like they didn't really know i went to disney world but how to make all the beverages on galaxy's edge okay um but uh that was an expensive night of drinking um so i tipped about 20 bucks because it's florida and um uh bought three drink uh three or four drinks and yeah ended up being a hundred dollar tab because i bought this special mug so i didn't know i was going to be able to make a lightsaber so i did uh pretty awesome one at that um hoping my dad is constantly joking because i had it shipped back to my home in my parents house uh, <laughs> about my nephew grabbing it it's like no i think he because his mom got omicron so i think he's kind of away from my saber my stuff but eh, i might have to bring one of my ultra sabers just to match him but uh i think that nice. Vacation, you deserve it. <laughs> yeah, but um, oh shoot, that's on a long rant about Disney World. But no, I, I guess as I say, this is one of those. Um, and I was saying letterboxed, and I wrote. I think I rated ranked this three and a half stars. I really don't like when people do five stars. Like, what I really hate is video game commercials, and they show all the ratings. It's a nine point eight five out of ten. Dude, round up, man! <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're. I mean, I know, I know. Video games is a nerd culture thing. It's always going to be a nerd culture thing. But like, don't let them review it if they're going to be that specific. So, yeah, this is um, 
but regardless that it's not a perfect movie i didn't give it four stars i would have still given it three i gave it a three and a half like this is a movie i think if you're if you're just a fan of christmas movies and horror movies is definitely worth a watch i mean this is up there with as i as i was saying gremlins and it's definitely got the same kind of tonals i think it's a little sloppier when it comes to the tonal shape um tonal changes um I mean, it's just uh, very twisted, and I think important for Americans to see. It would have been great if we saw it in 1990. Let's just say 1993, because our antagonist—I don't really think he's that evil a character. He's just—I mean, he's essentially um, Michael Jackson. He just wants to be a child, live a child's life. Like and it's established in the first scene of the film where oh all the kids in Perry's are having a snowball fight, and he wants to he wants to take part. <laughs> and yes, he kind of was creepy on the early internet. Uh, I did research um, that on Wikipedia. Minitel was I mean was a big thing in France all the way up till about 2012. Uh, the communication device. It's like. I don't know, almost puts us Yanks to shame, except, especially since I live in Champaign, where we had the scientists who came up with the internet. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, man. I felt like he wanted to smack that kid that entire movie. Okay, I that's like I watched a French documentary on comic books, and it's kind of soured me on French people because that they're into some smacking weird shit over there. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> I I'm an anime fan and Lord knows I've looked for the pornos with the actress who played um Shay on Game of Thrones. Um so it's like eh, I don't think they have anything on the have. I'm sorry? We all have. We've right, all but been I'm... there. We've all looked we've all looked it up as soon as we found out. Yeah, we but looked it up. Right. No, and I get that. Uh, I was I was I had a stick up my ass. I, I took a while for me to go into the fappening and find that Apple hack. Um, yeah, that's a whole separate podcast. Let's change. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying I. Okay. Our antagonist may have wanted to shag the kid, but um, then again, like we find out close to the end, which I think may have pushed it a little into the time of frame of feeling long that uh no this guy really thinks it's just a game between him and uh, thomas and himself like uh okay your turn count to 20 like what you could have totally killed the kid and that's why i'm saying that's why i'm bringing up michael jackson it's like okay if somebody's not acting like an doesn't want to act like an adult and granted, all right, I'm single. I'm 42. I'll be 42 in a couple months. Um, and yeah, I, I'm pretty. I still collect a lot of stuff, and it's pretty much like, well, if I had children, I couldn't. You know, I wouldn't have this freedom. <laughs> I don't want to grow up. I'm, Peter Pan is my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite Disney movies. So I, I'll totally acknowledge that. Yeah, I'm kind of immature, but. Um, yeah, I don't want, I mean, 
I'm an adult who enjoys childish things. I don't enjoy the concept of being a child. And I think that's what our villain in this feature does is he, he wants, he, he wants to be a child. So he wants to play hide and seek. He wants to participate in snowball fights and he's dealing, he's actually, you know, in a sense, kind of sympathetic. He's actually in a world that basically says, no, you can't do that. Um, so, uh, let's see. and, um, yeah, I kind of, I don't, you know, I, I can't, he's, he's not relatable by any sense. Like I'm just seeing him put the, uh, snow on right now. He's, uh, to color. I get it, but he, uh, he showed up with a knife at the very least. Well, no, he gets, he gets like, I totally, ju- I, I totally on his side when he slapped the kid and lost his job as a Santa Claus. Like, no, you, you don't break kayfabe without consequence. Um, wrestling talk there. Uh, <laughs> uh, you live the gimmick until you don't, and then you slap this little bastard who rips off your beard. Oh, just, uh, I mean, he's he. When you when you bring up the knife, I think he strangled he strangled the guy in the in the van. I I don't know how he killed the caretaker because you just see their bodies briefly, and then uh, coming out this, he he was fighting off the dog with a uh, more of a spatula. Um, again, um, that was probably hooked up to some fruitcake or at least a. I think they call them butter, but I don't know, butter braids. So, I mean, maybe if the dog didn't attack him, he could have been a little cooler. But, uh, you know, once once you once you start spilling blood, eh, there's no there's no cap, I guess, if you're not mentally stable. Yeah, it's um. let me go take a look, see at my notes. And. I had a hard time wondering how he got his grandfather into the suit of armor. That was oh, okay. <laughs> All right that that is one of those you 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 just have to ignore um, ignore how time works, uh, especially in a movie where it's this is like if the best way to describe this movie is it's Home Alone with actual stakes. I'm sorry. Uh, Harry and Marv were just too incompetent to really um, to uh, really cause you any threat. I'm kind of knocking up a lot of this stuff. Uh, notes I had. Um, actually, it, it, I'm just seeing one which I know we're not going to address. Um, it, when the film opened, I mean, opens, I shouldn't say open, when we're introduced to Thomas, like he gets, I know he goes through the entire Rambo routine. But it's set to like a Christmas knockoff of Eye of the Tiger. Like, same kind of beats, same kind of guitar riff. And then it's a Christmas song on top of that. So it's just very, like, that's the kind of weird stuff you can, I think, really appreciate. And gosh, now I'm watching the dog get killed. That I is did pretty not graphic. catch that. <laughs> With with all the violence against children, though, I think it's something the uh, 
actor Raul, uh, not the actor, the writer Raul Dahl would appreciate. Um, he was the uh, author of such classics as uh, The Witches, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, he wrote the screenplay to one of my favorite James Bond movies, which is probably one of the more racist ones. Uh, you Only Live Twice, which is where James Bond goes to Japan, learns how to be a ninja. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. Oh, uh, as I say, it's not like it's, I've recently found out like it's a really weird uh, situation with the James Bond movies at that point. So this is the uh, you only live twice, I believe it's the fifth movie. And I guess they didn't start at the beginning because the beginning is Casino Royale. They started at Dr. No, but they kept going with the next book and the next book and the next book. And then they got to uh, you only live twice. And I think they just said, well, we're going to use the title and we're going to fake James Bond's death. But then, nope, this is Hollywood, baby. <laughs> and it's a. Uh, yeah, it's a jet. It's a movie where James Bond goes to Japan, and this is where it's the first movie they introduce us to Blofeld. Um, who's act, and this is the most iconic Blofeld. This is the one portrayed by uh, Donald Pleasance of Halloween fame, and it's the one with the scar on the eye, just like um, Doctor Evil. I have never heard the name Blofeld in my life. You've never seen the James, like, have you seen the recent James Bond movies, the Daniel Craig's? Not, not really, uh, no. I haven't, I was never really like a big Bond guy. Yeah. I think I watched Casino Royale, and that one was pretty good. Okay, um, I would say watch all the Craig movies. There are some weak ones in there. I think Quantum of Solace is okay. Skyfall is awesome, especially with Javier Bardem as the villain. Like, and then there's um, the fourth one, Dave Batista's in it um, as a henchman. Uh, and Christoph Waltz uh, is the recast, the recreation of, um, er, of Blofeld, which was the leader of Spectre from the Sean Connery movies. Um, okay. So, yeah. So it's. Uh, he doesn't get enough to do in that one, but die, uh, the last movie, No Time to Die, like you can watch the Daniel Craig movies and not even have to watch the old movies. It's a crime if you do, but you don't have to. Like, I've seen Bond in passing, and that's about it. Oh, it was my mom's favorite thing. Um, I don't know if it was her favorite thing until Timothy Dalton became Bond. Uh, that was like the first time my mom dragged me to a movie. Like, cause my dad just doesn't, doesn't dig violent movies. So my mom, like Timothy Dalton, he's probably, have you seen Flash Gordon? Oh yeah. I've seen Flash Gordon. Okay. Timothy Dalton is a uh, Bar- Prince Baron of the forest planet or the forest. Okay. Yeah. So he became the fourth James Bond, uh, 1987 and yeah he was with all the gadgets and stuff right i'm sorry you have like all like the weird like what he was really gadgety uh the james bond or the timothy dalton as james bond 
I wouldn't say too gadgety because his second movie, like he only got two movies, which was criminal. Uh, they really wanted to get Pierce Brosnan. So the first chance, like he could, they couldn't get him when he was on Remington Steel. And then when they finally could get him, that's like, oh, bye, Timothy Dalton. Um, uh, I, I always uh, thought Timothy Dalton was referred to as like the goofy Bond. Uh, that's Roger Moore. Okay. Yeah. So if you're looking for a Jean Claude Van Damme connection, that would be the movie The Quest. Um, I well, think. I was just trying to think of everything I knew about James Bond, which really yeah, didn't much. No, hey, no, it's actually uh, quite enlightening on my behalf that uh, I don't know. A lot of people didn't. I think a lot of people my age and younger probably don't probably don't know much about James Bond besides Goldeneye and whatever came after that. And, I don't have anything against it. It just it never grabbed me. Oh no, uh, I get smart kind of grabbed me though. I'm sorry. Get smart kind of grabbed okay. me. Okay, but I like goofy kind of weird stuff. But oh, I mean, yeah. I, I like Bond. I just never. I don't know. You know like I think about watching a Bond movie and then I see how long it is and it. Right, no, they don't. They don't. They don't fit for ninety for chill. I know that much. No, Believe they me. Don't. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's like, yeah, talking. I don't know how I really got on James Bond from here. Um, I guess in a sense. I mean, this is kind of trying to work my way backwards, but I digress. So we got. Um, actually, if I probably check my notes, I'll see what I was trying to get to. Um. No, no. Oh, I was talking about Raul Dahl. As, as I say, ra- author best known for James the Giant Peach, BFG, The Witches, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He actually hated children. So it's kind of ironic. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I yeah. forgot about that. Oh, yeah. No, that was the author of those books. And as I say, he actually hated children. Yeah, and... my girlfriend uh, is, uh, was into Raw Dahl. For a while, she was reading the BFG to her kids. Oh no, I he's like the witches growing up. I never actually read any of his books, though. Um, I've re- oh, I've really, I can't say I've read a lot myself. He's um, I, I mean, I've read Charlie. I've read uh, B. Um, I think I did read BFG, and actually, he was actually one of those. I think he was friends with Ian Fleming, the author of James Bond. So, so he. Like he had a lot of life experience, I think similar spy type background. Um, so but as you say, really, yeah, I think there's a drunk history. Dude, man, Rob Dahl sounds awesome. Well, as I um, there was a drunk history. Um, if you ever watch that show on Comedy Central, where yeah, I've seen it, yeah, I think they do address Raul Dahl at one point. I don't know if it was Will Ferrell playing him or not, but yeah, it's um, he's a uh, no, he's an interesting character, but you know, definitely look into this dude. Like, uh, like I'll I'll just say, like every um, every um Brit who was writing stuff in the around uh, after post World War II, uh, pretty racist in the end, but you know. I yeah, that's something I found out about um, a lot of my favorite authors is uh, I've learned not to look into anybody that I like writing wise. Yeah, 
to be terrible people. Right. I mean, big one would be uh, H.P. Lovecraft, of course. Oh yeah, what a oh what a shitbag that guy was. I, I do appreciate the I, I do repeat, appreciate the irony that Lovecraft Country is about oh, is about the black experience. Um, so yeah, so Roald Dahl. That's uh, a nice little tangent. So I did the Eye of the Tiger. So I actually I probably covered all my notes. Um, so yeah, this. Um, like Deadly Games. What about I, that big ass room that they were hiding in? Him and his grandpa. Yeah, as, as I said, that was that, like water flooded and stuff into it. I feel like they were just like hiding in sewage. Um. Well, I think that's where the kid actually sleeps most of the time. I think that was kind of like when he wakes up in the beginning of the movie, and you see him in his uh, gutted jet, fi- uh, gutted World War II plane with the dog sitting in the uh, navigator seat. <laughs> no, I think God it was that, that kid has the life. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly when it comes to the traps, I can't really say like he was overly cruel even like the worst thing that could have happened is if the grenade would have gone off. I mean, that, that would have been the most realistic grenade actually in all of movies since the uh, boys of company C and that movie ends with a guy diving on a grenade and you just see his body. You don't see, you don't see strat. You don't see it go bloody mess or big explosion. Just, Oh, that's how a grenade actually works. (laughs) Um, I kind of felt bad at bad for this kid at the end of this movie. Oh, like well, the, the space and everything. Oh my god. Well, he blames himself for the entire situation because, well, if I didn't try staying up to see Santa Claus, maybe. So I guess that's where we actually start have to go and lay out the plot. This is a movie about a child whose mother really wants him, who's a genius. But his mother really wants him to continue believing in the Santa Claus, at least till he turns 11, because that's when she quit. She found out that, yeah, it's over. And he's pretty much living. Uh, I imagine it's probably Christmas break since Palu, could, his his friend who doesn't believe in Santa Claus anymore, was able to, you know, try to come to the rescue. And um, but it's uh so the kid is lives with his grandfather and his mom who runs a big toy store in Paris and he's basically rigged out the house to be his own personal playground so he's got mazes he's got trap doors well so I got the, excited about those trap doors yeah it's steel trap doors right oh uh, no this is definitely <laughs> Honestly, I think uh, if you can if you can afford to build a house from scratch, you got to install some trap doors. Maybe not the maze that was kind of which is kind of playing right now on the screen that he didn't even know how to figure out. Like that was a weird scene. Yeah, it was a, that that big goofy house is the overkill for sure. But god damn it, is, is it fun? Right, but um, so the kid. In the meantime, the kid really wants to believe. He wants to prove Santa exists, I guess, is the problem. And, you know, despite his best friend telling him, no, the uh, Minitel, 
where he's communicating with Santa, that can't be the real Santa. He he's still set on it, and he's going to stay up late to find out. In the meantime, you have our murderous Pierre Noel, as uh, I think the French would say it, Pierre Noel, probably. Again, not my language. And never mind the fact I'm an Anglophile, so picking on the French is kind of our thing. This this guy, this guy who's becomes the murderous Santa seems to be someone who just wants to be a child um, and hoping to connect with other children. He becomes a mall Santa for about four hours before he, his wig is, his beard is pulled off and he smacks a kid, which I'm all for. <laughs> uh and, but being fired, being fired, and knowing about the child, about Thomas being the heir to this big toy store chain, he decides to stalk him, hides away in the van uh, where all his gifts are going to be delivered, and goes on his murder spree when he arrives. Um, and again, not a very sympathetic character because he kills a dog. Uh, and not a very sympathetic director because, again, that was a pretty vivid dog murder. I mean, we're only talking two blows, but, again, you never see too much detail when John Wayne's dog dies in every one of his westerns. And as I say, the only sad thing about Daisy from John Wick is that it crawled to John Wick. So that's the plot of the movie. Basically, the child is trying, Thomas is trying to protect his grandfather, who's a diabetic, insulin dependent diabetic, on top of that. And um, from this murderous Santa. And then, and then it gets into spoiler territory when you find out that, again, this Santa really just wants to be a child. Maybe he wants to bugger him. That's what Gregory said. he really wants to bang that kid okay so yeah that's the plot of the movie and i think uh again a lot of weird tonal shifts like um it takes a half hour before we really get into the action (laughs) and then it's a half hour of the kid playing scared and then it's like okay when's this kid gonna snap out of it and go after this guy which I guess is a Gremlins 2 type thing. Gizmo eventually snaps in every Gremlins movie to take on the Stripe or, or Mohawk dependent on the film. Still waiting yeah. for that still waiting for that show on HBO Max. I think they're supposed to do a prequel or some kind of I, I mean the Mountain Dew commercials with Gizmo trying to drink Mountain Dew weren't enough for me. Um, but, I'll watch it. Hey, yeah. Either way, Tomas is way tougher and a, a more of a man than I will ever be in my life. I mean, that props to him alone for getting on the roof of that goddamn house. Well, that's what he's doing right now. Yeah. Okay. Heights. Heights is a totally different thing. Smack that roof. <laughs> well, honestly, I'm more afraid of drowning. Like as as a prof- as a professional wrestler, like. All right, I might have to jump off something high. So no, the drowning one hundred percent worst way to go. But man, that route! I I was having flashbacks of some roofs I was on top of in my younger days. 
Yeah, it's a uh, uh, no. It's when it's all thirty degree angles. It's or should I say a hundred? They're all up. I mean, or should I say a hundred and sixty degree? No, hundred and basically no. You shouldn't be on this roof. No question there. <laughs> yeah, that. I guess it. I guess. I guess by the end though, it kind of there's just seems segments that's kind of get rushed, like um, the entire moments where the intensity is kind of lacking, and then I guess when the kid doesn't really come up with anything too devastating to stop our Santa Claus, like when he comes up with the dark traps, like oh they only go into his neck, like okay yeah. that's that's pretty painful, but uh, Kevin McAllister would have made it a little more worthwhile. Granted, Harry and Barb are tougher than this Pierre Noel. Pierre Noel, but... Um, I, I kind of feel like it, this movie tries to not take itself too seriously. Uh, it almost I, seems like when it, gets, when it gets really serious, like... It, it kind of something happens to take it back a couple notches. Oh no, it doesn't. It doesn't want to cry. I mean, really, the only mistake this movie makes in terms of being something accessible is killing the dog. Yeah, I mean, like it does try to draw itself back. Like, okay, no, we're not actually gonna use the makeshift claymore the kid created. <laughs> to shred up anybody yeah um yeah it's um there's a lot of, well and now i'm seeing uh palu the his friend grab the minitel um printer basically a fax saying hey i'm kind of getting stalked by a killer santa um and like i guess like it's got a lot of again weird vibes like it's a lot of shining-esque honestly this is like if we just skipped um, half of the shining and just went to the chase, yeah, it moves right, and uh, so it's and then you see a lot of influence on that. Like it could have been shot of on higher quality, but I think again that might take away from its charm. Um, I'm just I'm just used to seeing. I mean, a big. I'm a big Italian horror fan. Uh, Argento primarily, but Fulci's got some good stuff. Never go wrong with a Bava film. It's just very weird because it's definitely like when you fr- think French horror, I I'm immediately drawn to high tension. <laughs> um, and the new new wave French extreme. Um, but again, that's 20 years from this point. Well, probably 15. But, um, I mean, it tries to maintain having a heart, which is, uh, I think might hold it back. Cause I think good satire basically says, Hey, everything's screwed up. Like, uh, again, if you're going to compare this to any Christmas movie, I think it's a closer fit to gremlins than it is to home alone. But I guess I guess my problem with the kid and his traps is like, okay, no, you're a genius. Like, okay, you're gonna shoot darts darts at this Santa. 
you didn't think about like maybe poisoning the darts, like little uh little uh backdoor trip, you know, let's do what they did in Vietnam type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I am not, you know. Maybe it just tells you how flexible I am with uh my own body <laughs> when I say yeah, coat that with some shit. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I'm. Oh playing. no, maybe he was just trying to ward him off. Then. Well, no, no. It's a night. Come it, no, it, to the night and make me go to the smack in front door and like, oh, smack this house. Yeah, no, no. You're you're right, and maybe I'm. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, it's, he really it's, did kind of have a vibe at the beginning, though, where he was like cut off Santa's head and like hold it up, like I got him, I got him. <laughs> There's a movie it's I should suggest that. Well, no, and, and it's kind of nice that he takes it back, I guess, to an extent. Um, there's a movie that recently came out called Fat Man. I almost brought this up to you, but I, I figured it was like, no, Christmas has been over for a little while. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and, and you were so yeah, I did watch Batman over Christmas. And it's it's a fun I think it could have been a lot better, but it's a fun enough movie. Um I Wallet Wallace Gromit's always I think it's shoot. Um that's why I got my computer pulled up. It's nuts. Like, yeah, I'm broke as all hell. I'm doing all right right now but it's like i don't know what my job's gonna be like and then it's oh but you know what you really needs a second computer <laughs> uh, over time to catch up from christmas yeah uh, fat man okay walter walton grogan gog walton goggins i mean um i mean that's just a great dynamic it's it's kind of slow. I think they could have been a little it, with Fat Man. I think they could have been a little crueler. Like, all right, it's it's cool to see our American soldiers get their meet their end because you know they're kind of corrupting Christmas. But eh, I wouldn't see, mind have seen a few dead elves. <laughs> Let's go yeah, there. I don't think we're really going to see a whole lot of things really pushing the envelope for a while, though, either. Well, you took the chance of casting Mel Gibson. You might as well go for broke. <laughs> I feel the exact same way. Believe me. I had the exact same thought, but I mean, what well, we're not going to get it. That was probably, they probably shot that and it got cut. Well, that maybe. But it pretty much just went to the DVD, so it's not like <laughs> so. Yeah. What doesn't anymore? I feel like since COVID, pretty much everything just kind of gets shoved out. Uh, well, I think they're I think they're a little more accepting of just releasing stuff to DVD. Um, like we'll find out how twenty twenty two plays out because um, I don't think HBO Max wants to do exclusive. Like they're going to do exclusives. They're going to do Justice <laughs> Justice League Zack Snyder's cut. Um, I think they got another one coming out. Like, yeah, I can see, but I think a lot of it now is like, oh no, I can see why you're not going to release that. It, it, it it's a weird time. It's kind of like it really is. I, I got... Like, I think it's great for streaming services that we can say, like, oh, well, that's a movie that you're going to let 
yeah, I can see why it's not going to make a make ten million dollars to cover its budget. So yeah, put it on streaming. Um, I think it's probably better actually, in a sense that with the streaming services, like um, I think a recent movie I've seen a lot of ads for is called Kimmy. I don't know what it is because I didn't stick around long enough for the trailer, but it just just definitely seemed like yeah, that's an HBO Max exclusive. Um, but I don't really, know. That's kind of part of the problem too, though, because everything's just spread out now. Well, I mean, everything's premiering on different things, so you end up at subscribing to all these different things, and you just have money just disappearing from your account from things that you're not using. Well, hey. Because you got bored one day and wanted to watch a movie. That's true, but it's a lot easier to just drop $15 on a streaming service than to what? Uh, especially with you having children. When you go to the movies, if you're going to see anything with the kids, that's a $60 experience. Yeah, it's not super cheap. I think it was like 30 bucks last time. So Ghostbusters. Yeah, did you see that in the afternoon or the evening? Oh, uh, I don't know. It was probably like the evening. Okay, well, maybe. It wasn't I don't as know. much as I thought it would be, but I well, was just surprised that Dexter actually watched a movie. Oh, well, okay. Let's just say this. When I go yeah, to a movie... <laughs> when I go to a movie, it's at least a $20 experience on my own. So. Oh, yeah. I don't want to. Sure. I'm just trying to do simple math right then. I like, yeah, kids are cheaper, but eh. um, so it's uh, I think it was like 30, 40 bucks. Okay, so not as bad as I would think. I mean, I had a I had a cool girlfriend who would uh, all, insist on always um uh, paying. Um, hey, Allie, since so she goes and just brings <laughs> me brings me movies for the podcast um she's uh she would always insist on paying her own way through movies and stuff which is cool until um until recently when she's finally got got herself settled down with a real job and everything it's like and she's breaking out the quarters i'll i'd rather just pay for it (laughs) yeah that's make you well and, and i'm feeling more for the more for the uh attendance like no it, it makes it it makes you look bad too because I, I don't think I, it I feel the same way with my ex-wife like she would just she would have this thing where like we would go get groceries right and i'd be standing right there and she would just grab like all the bags and just like start walking away like no you're making me look like garbage right now i realize you can do it but well, no, everybody I'm just, is looking at me like I'm a giant pile of garbage right now. Well, just let me take like five bags. No, there's a difference between stealing bags and she would at least go to the Not trouble. Stealing. She, like, oh, we paid for them, but she would just insist on carrying everything oh okay oh i'm not i don't i don't really worry about that we did our we did our shopping separate anyhow because every when she's paying with quarters you don't feel everybody looking at you like you're a giant pile of garbage no i just just no i no my my problem cola 20 out russ why is she paying for quarters well no my biggest problem is that i'm a that I've pretty much, uh, except for my brief, uh, I mean, I've had some brief stints in uh, call centers and banking. It's just basically, and 
gosh, if only I could actually tell the stories about coin experiences at the bank, but no. Um, <laughs> like, um, no, it's, 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 it's more, it's more for me that it's like, no, I know the, I know what it's like. I don't really care what other people think. It's more about, I know what that guy on the other side of the counter is going through. Um, like, no, don't pay in quarters. Like, I will figure a way to get to equal everything out. Use your debit card, whatever. It's just like, no, I'm not. Okay, that... As a cashier who's been on the other side, I have definitely looked at a guy like you and thought, whoa, what a pile of smacking garbage. Why didn't he just smack and drop a five or something? Oh, no, it's not I'm like, no, I no, I immediately stop her from I'm doing looking at it. you the whole time. I immediately stop her from doing it, but I'm just saying it's kind of like, look, I mean, I, I'm, I'm feeling more for their time. It's not about my time. It's not about embarrassing myself or anything like that. It's like, no, we we want to get to point B as fast yeah, as we possible. Us. You're making us look bad, lady. Knock it off. Oh, I wouldn't even go that far with her. It's just like, oh, you could have just told me that if that's what you're going to do. I will take care of it. And I felt, and I'm you know long long story short i think it all evens out and, uh but you know it's it it just um now yeah, now we're just getting on tangents honestly so we got our yeah, um you're, we, you're a nicer guy than i am uh, yeah that's what i don't know i my best friend um before she was ever my best friend basically said uh to me thank you you're a gentleman and a scoundrel and it's like yeah i can take that <laughs> how are you supposed to take that you can't be both oh no it's like i it's like for me i i always joked at the bank and who knows that may have ended up uh i digress um like i'm not i like well why did they do this and it's like Okay, we're talking about murder porn here. <laughs> that was a popular thing. Um, you know. Oh, wait a minute. That, that's inve- a investigation. I thought you were going to say like you embezzled a little bit from the bank or something. No, no. Believe me. Like, as I say, I'm trying to be as coy as I can until I collect. <laughs> and then I'll, then I'll let loose. But uh, I don't know. I unfriended the manager, so she shouldn't even be aware um <laughs> no it's uh no what got um but it's like i would say when people are talking about mur- their murder porn their investigation discovery or yeah. you know, stuff and i'm like well, why didn't you do that how could you even think that i am not i don't have any intention of doing anything disgusting or evil but i can appreciate the art it's like armchair quarterbacking. You're like, well, I could definitely, I would have definitely written up that play differently. <laughs> so now I'm to the point where, let's see, he's just buried his dog. He's coming up with all these traps, like the gasoline trap. It's kind of disappointing. Like, no, that should have set Santa up. But I guess I, maybe the kid still has some morality. But by the time you buried your dog, no, I'm killing a I'm killing you. Like it's gone too far. 
lights are off. Yeah. And this is a guy who... Like, this is a guy who really relates to the end of lethal, the first Lethal Weapon, where, and I told um, told my wrestling promoter, about my trainer, Danny Daniels, about that when we were talking about a match between um, Heidi Lovelace, and uh, who's now Ruby Soho, uh, and, um, oh, shoot, this a wrestler called Matt Cage. Before she was Ruby Soho? Yeah, I, uh, well, I, I may have shaken her hand. I can't really say I ever had a conversation with her. Well, um, but yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, uh, the promotion I worked with, uh, I, that was the base for uh, me was all American wrestling, which uh, be- just became AAW, kind of like how WWE doesn't actually stand for World Wrestling Entertainment. It's just three letters. Um, no, so Danny Daniels, like he recently had Ruby Soho face uh Josh Alexander at their last show. Well, no, yeah. that's cool. She's somebody I always thought never really got her due. That I always liked her a lot. Yeah. Oh no, she's a cool, she's definitely a cool girl. Um, cool woman. Uh, but she had a match like the first time I ever saw her was an intergender match for the AAW Heritage Championship against a wrestler called Matt Cage, who's a really cool dude. Um, and uh, what happened, like this match, though, it was like a brutal, she, she was getting beat the snot out of. Like, I didn't expect that. And then it's like by the, like Danny was telling me, so what'd you think? Well, I mean, for the third time they're interacting, the third time they're wrestling, he said, no, they're only wrestling one other time. Well, she said third time. So uh, I digress about the promo she cut. Um, for that interaction, like, I was kind of hoping for the end of Lethal Weapon where Mel Gibson's about to kill, you know, is has to hold himself back from killing Gary Busey. I wanted that kind of extreme. <laughs> So, um, and of course, Mel Gibson doesn't kill Gary Busey. Then Gary Busey tries grabbing a gun, and then they just shoot the hell out of him. Like, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of this. Uh, I'm a fan of the. No, don't kill him because you're better than him. Kill him because like they asked for it. <laughs> oh, now we're now we're to the point in the movie where he is making the uh, actual grenade. With marble. You never seen Lethal Weapon, Dexter? Sorry, Dexter decided he didn't want to go to bed. You never seen Lethal Weapon? Hey, if you get if you get past the opening scene with the uh, with the naked woman jumping off of my favorite fights, (laughs) jumping naked woman. All the cops just crowd around. Oh yeah, Gary Busey. Yep. No, we'll just watch uh, him that was the first R-rated movie. My mom and dad, my mom just said, "Yeah, you could watch that. It's on cable." It's like uh, you realize they're watching the. Dude, I love Lethal Weapon. They're Lethal they're Lethal watching Lethal. the they're watching the sex tape. Like, no, no, no. It's it's fine. Like, I'm thirteen, fourteen. I've never really gotten to see boobs like that. Damn. Um. No, it's uh. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's one of my favorite fight scenes. I guess it kind of explains the character of Thomas that she does he doesn't want to go all out. But then again, when you create them create that grenade, 
which doesn't work yeah, out. If I really remember right, like the whole thing was like they were both green berets and they both just kind of wanted to see who had the Oh yeah, in the end of in the end of in the end of Lethal Weapon, yes, it's basically who's the uh special for the best special forces guy. Yeah. Um, who's the man? Yeah. You want a shot you want a shot at the champ. Play <laughs> 80s action flicks were the best. Uh yeah, I'm doing a little just re- came down to who had the biggest dick. Yeah, well, I'm doing a little research again with uh flexing uh, you know, bending the 90 for chill rules, but there uh I'll announce it when I'm ready. But there is a chance there's going to be a very 80s 80s podcast. Um I don't want to. I don't want to give too many details. It'll be mentioned probably in the opening of the research I've been doing. Uh, let's just say Erica Erica Alaniac, if you remember her. I'm gonna try to show the boys some of the the martial arts movies I watched growing up, like The Last Dragon. Uh, you know, I've never actually. I'm best. I've never actually sat through the through best of the really? best. You've never seen The Majesty of Bruce Leroy. Uh, no, I haven't watched. No, I, I'll acknowledge I had not watched The Last Dragon. I've seen the Miami Connection. If you wanna wanna uh, laugh a minute, uh, movie. I have not seen that. Oh, I oh, well, yeah, no, it's a it's a really screwed up movie. I've really only watched it with um the guys from MST3K commentating over it. Um, they do a show called Riff Tracks, which I highly suggest. Not not a show. They so the guys from Mystery Science Theater three thousand say the uh, Comedy Central sci fi period. Uh, they do. They still do what they what they always did. They just do it for like you can go and buy what they call Riff Tracks uh, for pretty more far more significant movies. So like I have riff tracks for like all the Star Wars prequels, which is basically them making jokes. I got one which is weird out. Like Jurassic Park is weird Al Yankovic and uh, Mike Nelson from Mystery Science Theater three thousand making jokes throughout it. Um, truth be told, I've never actually listened to all these riff tracks I've bought. I mean, I've bought one for Face Off. I've bought one. I mean, but. I do go to all their live shows when they host when they do them at movie theaters. Like uh, most recent one I saw was uh, Amityville Four. I have to remember that they pop up on my Amazon a lot. Oh yeah, my yeah. Friend really likes watching your Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yeah, there's a Chuck Norris movie that might pop up called Code of Silence where they do it um, where. Chuck Norris's sidekick is Flounder from Animal House. Really? I haven't watched early Chuck Norris since I was a kid. Oh, no. Chuck Norris got old pretty fast, in my opinion. It was... You just knew it was half-ass half stuff. Like, Jean-Claude Van Damme, until the 90s, it was pretty half-ass stuff. Like, Bloodstort, undisputed classic. We already covered that. But uh, Lionheart's kind of... I, I I don't know. I still shed a tear when I'm watching the end of Lionheart. But um, I don't know. People love Lionheart. I don't. I don't. I don't hate it. Just 
I don't know. I don't. I don't love it as much as everyone else. Oh no! I, it's not. It's one of the worst made of John Claude Van Damme movies. Uh, I will. I will acknowledge that. Um, never mind. You got Brian Thompson, or I think it's Brian Thompson. Yeah, as, as like a manager. No, no. Brian Thompson was like the uh, big bodyguard for the oh, like that for that. the one for the uh, female antagonist. Yeah, like and like this is the guy who ended up being Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is movie we're never going to cover on this. Um, but better, his best known is probably is the bad guy in Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. Um, which I show for for me as his manager. I love the manager in Lionheart. So oh much. yeah, no, that's a great character. Um. And it was another movie where Jean-Claude Van Damme was like at the, I don't know, he got to his power. I think that's the problem with Van Damme is he got to his uh, peak of his powers real fast. Well, yeah, it was all that blow. It took its toll. Well, no, what I'm saying is that like, okay, really? We're going to put Jean-Claude Van Damme, like Kickboxer is good, but it's not Bloodsport. Um, like oh no i would take kickboxer over blood sport oh okay that's a that's a hot take um like i i thought blood sport was a little too dark i love the remix the 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 re the reinvention uh i would definitely recommend blood sport um not blood sport i'm sorry kickboxer oh shoot what are they called okay no i'm already on imdb uh, I think it was Kickboxer Retaliation. Uh, Kickboxer. Have you seen Kickboxer 5 with Mark DeCascos? Uh, not recently. Oh, okay. That, well, it wasn't really even part of the franchise, honestly. I think they just threw the Kickboxer title on it. Uh, Mark DeCascos, he's best known as the pro- he's probably going to be best known as the chairman and Iron Chef America um, I, can't, I can't recall like it's not come on show me I'm doing the search kickboxer kickboxer vengeance Jean-Claude Van Damme basically plays the mentor role in that one instead of the um, the fighter Dave Batista is the final. It plays Tong Po. Uh, you got he jo- plays Tong Po. Yes, not, I Kick, didn't know that. Kickboxer Vengeance, 2016. Uh, yeah, Dave Batista plays Tong Po. Uh, Jean Claude Van Damme is the guy who's training training the fight, the lead character to fight him. Uh, they did a sequel where it was uh, the where. Christopher Lambert is your overall villain. He's the evil promoter, and his fighter is the Mountain from Game of Thrones. Yes, uh, I believe my uh, old co-host Seth Bates from uh, Van Dammit that you can find on my broken laptop. <laughs> in a landfill somewhere <laughs> we went over this 
Oh, yeah. yeah no. He watched all of those movies. He loves those kickboxer movies. Well, kickboxer retaliation even has my like has a bunch of MMA guy MMA guys. Mike Tyson is a mentor in that one. Like Jean Claude Van Damme is blind in the movie. It's it's a it's like yeah the new kickboxers. I really want their third movie. I think it was supposed to be Kickboxer Apocalypse, but it hasn't come out. I don't know if it ever will. All right. I so, saw a trailer for a new blood sport. Is that real? Uh, I feel I, like that, that that's almost has to be real. I don't know. I haven't really followed the blood sports stuff. I didn't really watch too many of the sequels. Um, like, which I, I should give a little more time for because I know one of them, uh, uh, the Dark Kumite, I think it was. Well, uh, it looked like it was going to be like a. Like how they did the Rockies, yeah. It looked like that because it had the all all the original cast and whatnot. Huh, that's weird. Um, so Bloodsport. Did you not see that? It somehow popped up on my YouTube. No, I don't know. Like I got Bloods, I got Bloodsport, Bloodsport Two with Daniel Bernhard, uh, Bernhardt, I should say, who is actually like. He shows up in a lot of these action movies now as like a heavy uh, henchman. He was in uh, John Wick uh, as the guy who almost killed him with a bag over his head. He was in Atomic Blonde with uh, Charlize Theron. Um, so I've only really think I've seen two of the Bloodsports uh, sequels, and I can't say I watched them from beginning to end. I know Bloodsport 2 is Daniel Bernhardt and uh, Pat Morita. And Bloodsport 3, I think they kill Pat Marina. Um, but you have John Reese Davies, the guy who played, um, he's going to probably be best known as Gimli the Dwarf from uh, Lord of the Rings. Great character actor. Um, so, yeah, but we're really straying off top, I guess. So, we're, I'm at, uh, so let's just try to jump back in. So, I'm at the point where Thomas, Thomas, has the gun on uh Santa Claus doesn't want to shoot him so um but it's like I don't know if we real there's really like it's it's a uh deadly games I mean it's worth I think you know again if you like Christmas movies I mean, if you want something twisted, this is definitely like I guess that's the biggest problem with the movie, at least when it comes to our our shores, is it's twisted. And I don't think um, we got a lot. The mainstream has a lot of patience for just straight up twisted. Like we'll 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 take M Night Shyamalan's bullshit any day of the week, but you know, oh, it's a twist. We're fine with twist. We want twist, but we don't want the idea of the future to be like how that what how are you so screwed up that you wanted a showdown between a 10 year old and a psychotic Santa Claus? I mean, in a sense, we got it in Home Alone, but it was just pitched differently. Well, again, it's like person. I just. I don't get it. I just get home alone with it. I, I, you see, I'm not like I, I, I understand 
where people think Home Alone is, but it's like, all right, but let's look at movie home invasion movies where somebody fights back. So we're talking um, Ready or Not. It's not really a home invasion movie, but you know, you gotta. She has to get clever. Um, and I can't wait to talk about the twist in Ready or Not, which I don't think is a twist, honestly, because they establish it just before the third act. Yeah. Um, you should have caught it at the end of the second act, though, when she's in the barn. And, huh, why are there so many goats? Uh, um, but home evasion movies where you're creating traps, which is your next, you know, like, love how your next ends. Um, like, especially for somebody with a bleeding heart who's. Yeah, I may have said stuff like defend, defund certain things, but I digress. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I just find this more as a, like, as I say, this is Home Alone with stakes because there's no emotional value to what uh, Kevin McAllister does in Home Alone. It's actually straight up sadism. Um. Our, our Thomas is a far better person than Kevin McAllister. Thomas actually has a threat he's trying to deal with, you know, a lot of growing up to do all of a sudden while Kevin McAllister, oh, I got a bunch of idiots who were fooled by a freaking VHS tape of a movie from the 1940s. I'm going to screw these guys up. There's not a, there's, there's no sense of cruelty in thomas while the sheer fact that okay kevin McAllister sets up all these traps all right once they're in the house get the hell out of the house no kevin McAllister sits and watches his tom and cherry bullshit yeah (laughs) like it it just totally recognizes the danger of someone breaking into your house yeah no it's not like it's not like i have like this is kind of stuff like it's not like i haven't dreamt or thought of the day where oh it's going to be that final showdown with that ultimate bully and some bollocks like that and am i going to the hero thing like when i have their head grasped like blood sport you know say it (laughs) say it expecting the same mate or i'm going to break their neck <laughs> like you know i'm not going to do the wrong thing and break the neck <laughs> like it's not like i haven't dreamt of that stuff and making the right decisions but um no uh that's like that's i guess i think this movie is the ultimate counterpoint to home alone like if you show your kids home alone you should be ready to show your kid deadly games just to set them straight and narrow i mean that might be an extreme stance i don't know (laughs) just something to shoot for look what this kid can do at 10 well no just no i'm not saying that like oh no be a genius and uh you know use your use your intelligence to defend the house no i mean this is a this kid thomas is going through an actual He's got to protect his grandfather. He actually has to take on an evil. 
Harry and Marv are not evil. They're just stupid. Which, like, and Kevin McAllister's just a bully for sitting around and actually watching his mayhem ensue. Like, no. Get the... is also deeply traumatized after his <laughs> yes no was... no like yeah this is like this is reality uh i don't know like it's it's a tough ask i guess to tell a chill tell a child um yeah no uh this is what really happens but i don't know you i guess i hear about the deleted subplot to home alone where the uncle was in on it the entire time? No, I didn't hear about that one. I, I'm more familiar with everybody saying that. How the hell did the McAllisters do that? Oh, I think Kevin's dad was in the mob, the Irish mob. I'm okay, familiar- yeah, I've heard that one too. That he was in the CIA. That's how. That's what I heard. Oh, I, I've, I've always like. It's more jokingly that uh, they said Irish mob, but. <laughs> Like, yeah, no, nobody should really, like, have this kind of layout. I don't know. It's a really tough thing. It's, like, honestly, like, if your kid acts up after seeing Home Alone, show him this movie. That'll straighten him out. Yeah, or get him put on a watch list. Well, I think that would put you on the watch list as the parent, because until they have a credit card, they can't get Shutter on their own. <laughs> yeah that's true so all right so no this is a as i say i would highly recommend like i'm not saying it's a four it's a perfect movie by any stake um they don't do it well i should scratch it like the story is kind of wonky at points but everything that's put on film is done i mean chef's kiss magnifique um it- I think it's a perfect movie about a child trying to protect his butthole. <laughs> I'm going to think more of the grandfather. I I mean, I agree that uh, Michael Jackson is a, is more than likely a child molester, but I, I this is like the concept where I guess it's the argument that no, Michael Jackson was okay. He just wanted to be a child. <laughs> I, I can see. So, but I think if anything, this movie needed. It's a shame this movie was not shown until 2014, tw- uh, 15, 15 years after it was released to a wide audience. Um, because we could have learned so much more. And I mean, this is the ultimate stranger danger film. There we go. I think that's it. Like. <laughs> Yeah, and early uh, internet. Bill. Oh well, I, as they say, in nineteen ninety. Don't invite strangers to your house over the internet. Uh yeah, well, but this is nineteen ninety four. I don't think. I mean, yeah, maybe it was a big deal That's in France. It was a big uh, deal in it was, France. It was ahead but, of its time. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it's a definite recommend. Regardless, I think it's definitely the twisted kind of stuff. Uh. No, I, like, I'd like to say twisted kind of stuff. No, it's just like, I think this is kind of reality to an extent. Like, I wish it was this twisted, but no, there's plenty of sick mother lovers out there. <laughs> and I wish they were just mother lovers. <laughs> we gotta, yeah, 
So if they're willing to dress up like Santa, look into them. Yes. Yeah. So at least look into them. Yeah. I got no. a comic book collection. I'm telling you, look into me. <laughs> like you're not gonna find anything. I'm just saying you should. He has a comic book collection. Look into look into him. Look into Russ. Look into <laughs> all of us. Look into him. No, then you get fired from your bank job when they actually look. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is smack up, dude. I, I am sorry that happened. To you. Yeah, That's well, crazy. all all I can say is I never mentioned the bank. I never mentioned any names. So, but um, as I say, the damn man- you for having a podcast and working at a bank. Well, it wasn't the podcast; it was the blog. Oh. Believe me, if they heard the podcast, oh gosh. <laughs> so all right so uh gregory anything you want to plug before we get out of here uh no okay all right well you can uh if you want to find him just search gregory carl it's spelled the same way it sounds on facebook you can find me on twitter at catbus russ um that's at c-a-t-b-u-s-r-u-s-s uh my email address if you want to be on the show of course you could use the twitter account whatever um is rust the bus zero seven at gmail.com that's r-u-s-s-t-h-e-b-u-s zero seven at gmail.com just offer me a theme a movie a director an actor as long as we focus on sub 100 minute material if you want to do the extra work and watch a movie and say no nothing happens at the end of the credits you don't um so it should qualify i'll be happy to hear from you so uh otherwise rate and subscribe on spotify and apple podcasts i prefer just the five star reviews if you want to talk trash about the podcast do that on my twitter account i can handle it i mean i i i've looking through old tweets like uh yeah no those gun loving buttheads are (laughs) no i don't regret that statement at all uh (laughs) but I, I can take it. So uh, thank you very much, uh, Gregory, for coming back on the show. Uh, as I say, uh, there's a lot of stuff I'm looking into. Um, if anything that inspires you to listen to the next episode, listen to this episode. Um, and uh, again, thanks for all the help. Oh, yeah, no problem. I've, been, I've watched a lot of weird stuff over Christmas break. Kind of jog my memory on a few things. All so right. I might hit you up on a few other Hey, I'm not going to um, definitely, definitely appreciate the help with it, man. So thanks for uh, being uh, so loyal to the cause. Uh, thanks to Stacia Harden for being my inspiration. And hopefully I'm still doing you proud. And uh, have yourselves a good night. Can I hear a wahoo?